Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, it's Valentine's Day is this week. And it's got me thinking about love. <laughs> the love that we Christians ought to have. And that's what I like to speak about this morning. That's what I like to speak about this morning. Christian love. Amen. And we're going to be turning in our Bibles to 1 John chapter 2, 3 through 6. For some reason, my lapel mic is so loud that it's picking up feedback. So, praise God. And I can't take that. So, no, turn down the, the, the lapel mic. I think that's all you need to do. Let's see. How's that? Hey, look at that. Somebody keeps on playing with the lapel mic. Um, let me tell you something. On Sunday, uh, Saturdays when you're practicing, stop touching the board. I don't know who's touching the board up there, but there are some, some weeks, and the reason I'm saying that is some weeks I have to go over there and tell them, turn up the ladies, because we can't hear them. Somebody turns them down. And so we don't need to slide the slides all the way back down, so we have to start all over again and just don't touch the board. Let the town people do that. And so that don't get messed up. And so that's much better. I didn't think we needed to turn that thing down. It needed me, me, me turned down. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't need, we don't like that feedback, do we? My word. Even Larkin can hear me without having to have it that loud. <laughs> and you know, the cool thing is Larkin doesn't even have hearing aids. Hallelujah. Oh, you do now. Oh, you surprised me. Oh, praise God. Maybe we do need to turn it up. No, I'm just joking. Just 39. There you go. There is hope for us all, isn't there? Amen. Christian love is what I want to talk about today. Whatever happened, and, and I'm not going to be able to go in depth today because there's so much scripture to cover but whatever happened to the Beatles' phrase, all we need is love, huh? Yeah, now you're all singing it. I can hear you now. I, I hear you out there humming, all you folks who are not millennials, and you're going, oh, no, he's speaking our language. <laughs> since the election, since the election, all we hear is noise. Or as the Grinch said, noise, noise, noise. Turn on Facebook, noise. Turn on the news, noise. And the petty stuff that the noise is being made about is ridiculous. Christians need to overcome the noise with the love of God. Let me tell you, the, the time is now. Evangelicals have not been doing their job. Michael Snyder wrote an article for Charisma magazine this week for Charisma, and it talked that if the evangelical church doesn't wake up and start doing their job, homosexuals, the LGBT community in America will outnumber the evangelicals in America. And there's some reasons for that. 
One is that evangelicals are slowly dying off. Two, we're not replacing them with millennials. Only 14%, less than 14% of all millennials are staying in church after they leave high school. Less now. And that's all churches. That's churches all across the board. But it's happening in evangelical churches too. And part of my reason, thinking on that is this. We've entertained our kids for too long and not have given them the, the meat of the word. We've given, them, we've given them too much of the milky bottle. And we've never weaned them off. The other problem is we have segregated our kids from the rest of us. Our kids need to be around older saints to see what older saints talk like and sound like and how they worship. They need to be influenced by the older saints. And the other thing that helps the older saints is they stay 38 longer. Because the young people energize the old people. And in this revival that's coming, it's going to be a, the old people and the young people working together to get the job done. Because there's a huge difference with the millennials who stay in church and their older saints who are loving them. Because the young millennials who are staying in church will die for Christ, where the older folks, half of them will go and hide instead of taking their stand. Now, isn't that a shame? And let me tell you the reason why we know, and I'm being conservative, it's because how people have voted in the past or not voted because they haven't taken a stand for Christ. Our country would not be in the mess it is if people would have took a stand for Christ through the 90s and through the, uh, this early part of this century. But what were we doing? We were going to church and hearing happy church all the time. And nothing is wrong. We're not going to go ahead and challenge your sins. We're not going to try to make you a better Christian by getting you to, 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 to surrender all to Christ. We're going to make you just feel good because we're afraid because our, we owe millions of dollars and our banker is sitting on our board telling us what we can do and what we can't do. That's why we will not go into debt like that because we're not going to have some banker come here who have no, doesn't even have the Holy Ghost hmm. because the root of all evil is what? Money. And so, and they, they, they like to, they come in and they dictate to the pastor, this is what you're going to do because all you, we care about is that you bring in the greenbacks so that you can pay the bill to us. That's a problem in America. Because too many churches have gone ahead, we're just going to have faith and believe, we're just going to build. Well, no, to have faith and believe, you do it like Charles Stanley did. Charles Stanley went ahead and when uh, they built that brand new beautiful church, have you ever seen it on TV? You know, with all the fancy woodwork that's in that place. Do you know that when they drove the last nail in the place, it was paid off? Do you know that his people sacrificed so they could do that? They were, they were, they were going to have to go and get a loan to finish their building. And he, he was grieved by that. So he went before his church and said, hey, this is what we're going to have to do just to finish so we can get in there. We can't delay it. We can't, not, we can't stop now. We're at that point where we have to get the, 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 the final permit for occupancy. We can't stop. But if we don't get the money, people that night came 
And they gave their deeds to their boats and their fancy cars. And the women brought their jewelry. And they sacrificially gave. That's what we need to see in the church again. People giving sacrificially to the Lord to say, no, we are going to believe. That's the kind of faith we need in America again. That's kind of faith to believe that says, no, we're not going to have faith to believe and go into huge debt. I believe when it's time when we have to build that dining hall or whatever we're going to do, or that new sanctuary, and this becomes our dining hall because it's already set up for it. It's just Robin would like to have a nicer kitchen if we we're going to have a dining hall. So she's just happy with whatever we have. And so there's things we can do here to make the, the kitchen better. Really easy things that we could do. I don't know which way we're supposed to, but I know we have to have a vision. Right now, my vision is to fix the siding on the building the right way, you know. And, and that we don't have to conquer that until five years down the road. And you know the cool thing? Brother Jason knows this. You could ask him. We said that when we first moved in here in five years, we're going to have to do something about the siding. How long have we been in here already and God's preserved the siding? So when the time is right, we are going to have the finances to do it and it will be paid off when the last nail is driven. Because praise God, Curtis and I have talked about this, about the stonework. And I've been told, and Curtis knows, that if we just get that first road level all the way around, the rest goes on easy and we men, the church and the ladies of the church could do it ourselves. But it's just being able to afford to have that, to get the uh, um, brick veneer and start working on it. And it'll look gorgeous when it's done. And the church will stand out. And it's not because we want to, see, everything we do for God should look beautiful. Everything we do for God, God's house should be beautiful. Our children should come into the God's house and, 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 and treat it right. We should come into God's house and treat it right. We, we should have an attitude of praise when we walk through the door that we're going to just love the Lord. But we need to start standing up for Jesus because the time is now. Our kids are being lied to at school. Kids who never thought that they would have, want to be LGBT because of the lies that are being told are now increasing. Because LGBT can take so many forms. And did you know there's a Q in there now? So if you're just questioning, you're part of the LGBT group. If you're just questioning, I got a question. What does it mean? Now you're part of their group. And you're counted in their numbers. Don't, I don't want to get off on that, but you see, the church needs to respond with God's love. The church needs to respond to God's love. We, we need to show them a better way. We've we got to show them the pure gospel. We need to show them what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman. Because how many of our, our young men are fa have no fathers in their life today? That's why I love the fact that we have uh, our um, Awana. You can ask Curtis. We have kids that we're just surprised that come week in and week out. My word, we, we have to show discipline and love and all this stuff to these kids, and they come anyway. There's times when I've heard leaders, oh, goody, I'm going to have a quiet week this week, and at the last moment, Billy shows up. And we're like, Billy's here again? Wow. It's because they feel the love of Christ. And no matter how, 
how challenging Billy is, we love him anyway because we know the potential that's in Billy. And so the men of the church need to be the fathers of kids who have no fathers. We need to show them good role models. And the women of the church need to to be there to show these kids what a real woman looks like in the Lord. These kids need it. Because when they go to school, they're lied to all the time. Because the schools don't have the answer anymore. And what do they teach in school? Humanism, which is a religion. But I thought there was separation of church. Not when it comes, the schools are teaching them a religion, humanism, and they back it up with the religion of evolution. And so if you expect your kids just to come to church for one hour a week, when they are in school for thousands of hours in their life, and you only bring your kid to church one hour a week, who is winning right now in the propaganda war? And we own the truth. Well, that's a longer introduction than I thought I was going to have. (laughs) To be truly loving, we must tell the world, our friends and family, the truth without compromise. And this morning we're going to look at three areas that we need to show love. One, love for God. Two, love for each other. And three, love for God. For the lost. Doesn't that sound good? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for this message today, this Valentine's week. And I thank you, Lord, for the love that is here between every husband and wife, every mom and dad and child. And I thank you, Lord, for all the love that we have between us as the family of God our brothers and sisters. We thank you, Lord, that no matter what anybody here is going through, we love each other, and Lord, we care about each other, and we want to see your best. And Lord, we pray that you're going to give the elders and me wisdom as we are praying about starting a prayer meeting in our church, because there's people, some things here that are only going to be healed through a lot of prayer and fasting. And so we thank you, Lord, that we can have a prayer meeting where we can meet. The whole goal is to meet with you, because some of us, Lord, are so hungry for more of you. And sometimes the only way to get more of you is meet you in that time. Well, I know it's in that time of prayer. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to help us to become more, even more loving, that the love of of our God, the love that you have placed in our hearts, will, will just flow over and touch others' lives so that they'll want to come to know you, Lord, who loved us so much to die for us. We thank you for this, and I thank you for your anointing today and touching me to preach this word, Lord, for your anointing. And Lord, that you would anoint each one here to have ears to hear from you, Lord. And that I would only speak the words you would have me to say. For Lord, you know I need your help today. I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I had to say to the Lord this morning, Lord, I need your help.
before I even came to church today. I'm so glad I asked for help from the Holy Ghost because when I got here, my whole morning didn't even go the way I thought it was going to go because it just went the way he wanted it to go. And that was so cool. I didn't even make it back. I had to ask Lorraine, how was Sunday school? Was it good? She says, it's always good. And I went, praise the Lord for that. Amen. I'm getting, I'm getting ready to go to work here. I got to take my jacket off. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm? Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, I need to get my eyes here so I can... The, the print in my Bible is a little small, so I got to get my eyes on. The Bible I used last week, I could have not had to wear my glasses or anything. Jason could have stood in the back there and just held it up for me and I could have read it. <laughs> but let's talk about this love for God. Let's talk about the, uh, you know, let's look at verse 3 and 6 in, in chapter 2. 3 through 6 in chapter 2 of 1 John. Now by this we know that we know him. And I like this. How do we know that we know him? If we keep his commandments. Think about that. If we keep his commandments. Isn't that cool? It's not if we build a bigger building. No. Not if we have the best. I told my mom, don't worry about how you look today. Just come. Amen. I said, you always look good anyway. Just come. Just be comfortable. Uh, we don't worry about being too fancy here. Amen? Amen? Oh, praise God. There's some places if you didn't look fancy, you couldn't go to church. God says, whosoever will come. I've always believed that the best you have is a pair of Wrangler jeans. Now, those are pretty expensive, so how about Walmart jeans? That's the best you have. And a T-shirt, and I don't care what's on the T-shirt. If that's the best you have, you wear that T-shirt and you come to church. Well, pastor... The only thing I have is my Rolling Stones t-shirt with the big tongue on it. You know what? Jesus looks past the tongue and he sees your heart. <laughs> Let me tell you, you start going to church and God's going to give you something better. Amen. Amen? God's going to give you something better. Oh, hallelujah. I lost the back row there. Oh, Lord, touch them. Touch them really good. Lord, uh, just minister to them, Lord Jesus. And we love them. And Lord, we ask you to overcome the illness, we overcome the tiredness, overcome the uh, everything, Lord Jesus. We love them, they love us, and Lord, it's just that it's been a battle this month with health, Lord. Just touch them, we've been praying for them all month long. Just continue to do their work. I am so grateful, Lord. We saw them in Sunday school and for worship, Lord. Just touch them. Heal them in Jesus' name. We rebuke what's been coming against them in Jesus' name right now, Lord. And we ask you, Lord, for the victory in their lives in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Continue praying for them. Continue praying for them. Uh, Maryland's been getting attacked, it seems like, every other week. And so just keep, and that, that's because she prays all the time and she's ministering all the time. You know, the devil don't like it when you're doing what God wants you to do. So, listen, now by, him, by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. In other words, if we love God, we will keep 
his truth in us. Let's continue to read. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a what? A liar. Oh, boy. Um, boy, that's, um, that's pretty strong. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected. Where? In him. So in you, if you want the love of God perfected in you, keep his commandments, keep his word, and he will perfect it in you. By this we know that we are in him. Wow. Wow. Now, doesn't that speak to you? If we love God, we will keep his truth. And having the love of God in you perfects you. And how do we know that we have the love of God in us if we keep his commandments? And that's just, that's not just the ten of them. Those are just the top ten. The, the ten commandments are just the top ten. That's why we know them as the ten commandments. Um, there's there's uh, um, great theologians would call it the Decalogue. The Decalogue just means Ten Commandments. It, just means, it means ten. Log meaning laws. I said to the professor who always said that, I said, why don't you just say to your people, it's the Ten Commandments. Well, they're going to learn my jargon anyway, and so they'll know when I say Decalogue what I'm talking about. I said, what about that new person who comes in and doesn't know Jesus? Well, they'll know if they stick around long enough. If they will. I learned from Dr. Raby a long time ago, keep it plain spoken and people will understand what you're saying. E.J. Reynolds, one of the greatest Bible, I was talking to Jason about Brother Reynolds, one of the best Bible teachers we have in the Church of God got up and he started doing, well, the Greek says this and the Greek says that. The problem was his father-in-law used to pastor the church. He was the pastor emeritus. And after the church was done, Brother Reynolds was coming out of the church and all of a sudden he saw Brother Bobe doing this from his car. <laughs> and Brother Gene walked over there and the window went down. He says, son, he says, yeah, dad, who are you trying to impress, the people or God? <laughs> he says, I was hurt. But then I started thinking about it. I started thinking about it. If somebody can't understand what I'm saying, it don't be no good if I'm bragging them that I understand the Greek. So from then on, he would say, the Greek word here means this. But he would speak it all in English. He wouldn't even say the Greek word is. Besides, that helped me out as a young preacher because I have a hard enough time speaking English, let alone Greek. <laughs> mm. Joanne's so grateful for that, you know. Sometimes we, we put these things. And it says in verse 6, we need to abide in him. Abide in him. This is why I don't understand some of these churches that call themselves churches, and they go with their feelings instead of what God says. Well, we know what God says, but we feel this way, and, and besides that, we can tell God what to do. Um, it doesn't work that way. 
We don't tell God what to do. He tells us what to do. Now, we can request of him and we can intercede just like Abraham did. Lord, if there's only five, will you spare the city? But God is still God and he, what he says, what happened to the day that we used to say, God said it and I believe it and that said is, settles it for me. Um, I, re, I can still hear the singer and I can't think of his name now. But he was one of those great singers back in the day, back in the 70s and 80s. And he had that big voice. Back in the day when the church, when the church all of a sudden started singing big band, band music. You know, that was before contemporary music came along. And you know what? We need to return to some of that. If God said it, all we need to do is believe it. And that settles the matter. And, that's what, and if we would live that way, we would be better off for it. And I'm telling you, if we would stand our ground and live that way, you see, the millennials are sick and tired of mamby-pamby stuff. They just want to hear us, if we are going to believe something, stand for something. They might complain, they might march, they might do everything else in the world, but you know what? They're going to respect us for standing our ground. The reason why so many of the millennials don't respond is because most of the church doesn't stand its ground so if it's not powerful enough to stand your ground by we're going to go believe something else we're going to believe what our professor said at college and boy you should hear what these professors are saying about us or well no just listen to the news media if you really are listening to the news media all of us in the middle of the country we're a bunch of idiots because donald trump is president we're hayseeds we can't think out here. And I'm thinking, and you can think, oh, you in New York and California, you're doing better? You see, the problem is we need to come together as a nation again, and the only thing that's going to do it is Jesus Christ. And the only way we're going to get that message out is if the church is loving people. We can't be attacking everybody. I've been responding on Facebook. But I've been trying to do it with lots of respect. Oh, my word. I had a young man go ahead and just acted with so much disrespect the other day. And I just, uh, to something I said on Facebook, and I just said, oh, thank you for your question. And then I went back and it showed him respect in my answer, but still stood for the truth. You don't know how many people went ahead and liked the comment I said, and I believe had more to do with me saying, I like your question. Thank you for your question. Because the problem is, too many times when somebody attacks, what do we do? We attack back. We don't even try to meet them halfway. But by saying, thank you for your question. Because he put thought into it, he was an intelligent person. He was absolutely wrong, but he was, an ab but he was, he was very intelligent and he, he put a lot of thought into it. And I was able to go ahead and answer him in such a way that he didn't want to argue. He said something else and I said something else and that was done. I gave him something to think about. But I didn't get into this big tug of war and calling people names. The church doesn't need to call names. The only name we need to be calling is Jesus Christ, and in a good way. I did get into a thing with an old, it turned out she was a middle-aged woman, and, and uh, 
she just, she, I had to get to the point where all I could do is preach Jesus with her. You see, you know, you get to the point, you don't need to spend lots of time on it. Just start preaching um, Jesus. And I preached Jesus to her. You know, her response was, well now. (laughs) Well now. You know what? She cannot accuse me of not telling her the truth about that Jesus wants to save her soul and that he thought she was so special that he died on the cross for her. Whoa. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, now. All the energy went out of this conversation. And I'm thinking, oh my word, if you just would just surrender all. It's because of her the theological standpoint where she comes from, what she was taught as a child was all wrong when it comes to Jesus. Because she's thinking she's working her way to heaven. And because she's working her way to heaven, she can interpret this differently when it comes to certain things. Because part of this Bible is just allegorical, allegories. No, this Bible is true, cover to cover, and that's what we need to proclaim. And then we have love for each other. Let's go back to chapter 2 of 1 John. And look at verse 9. We're going to skip ahead to verse 9. I know there's 7, 8. You can read that at home. We're not, we're not taking anything out. We're going to 9. Because I don't have all the time in the world to do all this. You know, I have a whole series on 1 John. And it took me over a month to preach it all. So, um, verse 9. Actually, I was going through looking for all my sermons on Ephesians. And I, couldn't, I forgot that I had a series on Joshua in there. The whole book of Joshua. I forgot I had it. Um, he who says he is in the light and hates his brother. Uh-oh. This could be your, your uh, sibling, or this could be your brother or sister in Christ. He who says he's in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness until now. Now let me tell you something. God's so merciful and gracious. Sometimes it's hard to forgive certain things, and he knows that. He knows that because he talks about the reason why he allowed divorce in the first place. Because of the hardness of our hearts. God knows that and he will help us get to the place we can forgive. Don't let the devil go ahead and start, you hear this and say, well, I can't forgive that guy right now. He knows that. He knows that. A lot of our war veterans they were, that came back from World War II and if you, if, if you knew what they went through, that's things that they don't didn't talk about all these World War II guys and these guys coming back from Iraq and from Afghanistan. They don't tell you hardly any of the stories how terrible it is. And, and the reason why all those guys, the greatest generation, came into the church the way they did is because they found the love of God and they learned to forgive. They learned to forgive those Japanese. They learned to forgive those Germans. They, yeah, because Jesus forgave them. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Amen. You, you know, we're fighting the same war that we fought back in the 1300s with the Muslims again. And it's, not, and it's not a holy war. The problem is, we got to thank God for our brothers and sisters from Costa Rica and Guatemala and Mexico, for 
from the Church of God who are traveling over without, and they started this without permission. They just started going as missionaries over to, to the Middle East and preaching Jesus. We have, I can't tell you because we're doing a podcast. I can't really tell you too much, but we have the Church of God is in Saudi Arabia. That's all I can tell you. We have churches in Saudi Arabia, but I can't tell you anymore because then our brothers and sisters could be beheaded because it's against the law for them to preach Jesus there. This is our ally. And so our ally says, if you preach Jesus, we can cut off your head. Ah, So I can't tell you too much, but because of our brothers and sisters, and the reason why the Muslims are accepting the folks from Latin America all over Turkey and all over over, um, the Muslim world is because they look like them. We, and so the Church of God decided a while back that we're going to let our brothers and sisters from all our Latin American countries just go, and the white guys in the Church of God will just take care of everything else, the administrative work, because they can reach them better than we can. And so God's going ahead and having a two-front two front way of getting them saved. We got the Anglos going ahead doing all the administrative work for those who are out there preaching so they don't have to worry about it. So they're, they're taking care of it. And they're standing there with the State Department saying, hey, protect our people. But our State Department? Yes, because they're part of the Church of God. Because they're part of the Church of God, we can say to the State Department, protect our Costa Rican brothers. Protect our, our Guatemalan sisters because they're part of our church. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Because they're part of us and we're part of them. And so God has done a great thing in the church. Muslims are getting saved. CBN has put in, just go to Facebook, like CBN, and they've been putting out stories, how how these stories about Muslims getting converted because Jesus came to them in dreams. And they're coming to Jesus Christ. They're seeing the horrors of of the religion they're in. And they're finding that Jesus saves and Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Um, So we can't hate one another. We need to love one another. Um, Because it says here, if you hate your brother, it's still in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness. And does not know where he is going because the darkness has what? Blinded his eyes. Jesus is light. We should be light. We shouldn't be in the darkness. So love for each other. This is what people need to see. This is what the lost needs to see. This is what the unsaved need to see. This is what the millennials need to see. This is what your family members and your friends need to see. Our love for one another. They don't need to hear us having the preacher to dinner when he's not there. Are you getting it? Don't be running down the song leader because you didn't like the one song he said. He sang. Come on. Today, I don't know how anybody really can complain because he hit on everybody's genre. (laughs) He wasn't going for that. He just wanted what the leading of the Holy Spirit was giving him because I know how he picks out the songs. 
What do you get on everybody? If you like, if you liked uh, the Gaithers, we had Gaithers. If you like, if you like vineyard music, we had a vineyard song. If you like the hymns, we had. I mean, it was quite. But it was not the. He was not being wishy-washy about picking out his songs to make ever please everybody. No, all he wanted was to please God. He knew what I was going. He had an idea of where I was going with the preaching today, and he wanted everything to be unity so the flow of the Spirit could happen and we would receive from the Lord. You see, so many times we complain about the Sunday school teacher or the nursery worker or the person sitting next to us in the pew. We shouldn't do that. We need to love one another because that's what the the Lord wants for us, and that's what the world needs to see from us. And besides, isn't there a dire warning here? Isn't there a dire warning in the Scripture there if we're not loving each other? If we're not loving our brothers and sisters, we're still walking in darkness? (gasps) Oh, my word. Now, let, let me tell you something. If a church, if a, if a denomination is preaching all wrong and they're not following the scriptures anymore, are they a church anymore? Oh, I don't know. And don't their congregation need to be rescued? Mm-hmm. Now, if we're not telling them the truth and we're not trying to rescue them, we're not loving them. And if we're not loving people and telling them the truth, what the, God, what the scriptures say, we're not showing them love. We're leaving them in their sins. I know this is not always easy, but I have a child, I told you before, I have a child right now that's a prodigal. In fact, because of what they're doing, they, according to the scriptures, they're sending themselves to hell. And I know you're saying, looking at me harshly, and because we're doing a podcast, I don't want to talk about. I, otherwise, I'd be telling Corey, turn it off and please, please be in prayer. But they made a decision. They even put out on their Facebook page, not my God, the other day. And I'm concerned. But I know something. If we raise them in the Word, God is faithful that they will return. And I'm really paraphrasing that one. Because I want you to get, because a lot of times we quote that scripture and we go, yep, I know it. But if we raise our children the way they should go, they will not depart from it. They will return. Look at the prodigal. And so I am believing for that child. Trusting. And I'm not going to tell you which one. Some of you know. Some of you are friends with the person on Facebook, and you know. But my Bible says if you're engaging in that sin, you will not go to heaven. And it's sin. I mean... I can't change the Word of God for my convenience to make myself feel better. It's just calling me to more prayer. Don't you... My word, Jason and I have been... We've gone through all... We've been going through all these phases of life together. (laughs) He's got a son that's way off in Ohio that's doing really well, but he's getting married. That's scary. Because he's starting his own family. And all you can do is pray that he's got, you know, got the right girl. You know. 
He's making the right decisions. And he's going to be wise and being a good husband. And she's going to be an awesome wife. But you can't go there and do it for him. Besides, it'd be too weird. <laughs> so here's what, here's what the Lord is saying to us in these verses is forgive and pray for each other. No matter what they did, forgive and pray for them. And like I said last week, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Let the Lord deal with the vengeance part because he does it so much better than we do. Amen. Does he not? Oh, I've got to turn the page. Let's skip ahead to verse 28. Oh, my word. Well, I asked the Lord to really help me with this today, so he changed my whole introduction today. Because yep. I needed his help. <laughs> this continues on with our talking about loving each other. Because our hope is found in God's love. And it also talks about loving God. And now, little children, abide in him. And when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before his coming. In other words, how do you want the Lord to find you when he comes? How is he going to catch you when he comes? Oh, but pastor, um, mm, uh, mm, 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 mm. Paul talks about this too in Titus. That's why he says say no to ungodly living. Because how is God going to catch us when he comes? How is he going to find us? What is he going to catch us doing? Is he going to catch us just um, making daisy chains? And uh, sitting back in our comfortable pew? Or is he going to catch us doing for him? There's some of you here that God has called you to do something great and you're afraid because of your age you can't do it. But you know what? Some of you who are retired, you can do not more now for the Lord than you ever did before because you don't have a job to go to. Some of you young folks who have so much energy in you, I don't care if you're still in high school. Do you know the revival that's been going on in West Virginia for almost a year now? was not started by preachers, but it was started by the teenagers in the high school there, in one of the high schools there. Started going ahead, and uh, they, 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 there wasn't enough room around the, the lunch table for their Bible study and prayer time anymore that they had to move out into the hallway because they couldn't use the lunchroom because of that separation of whatever. So they moved out into the hallway. All of a sudden, all the teachers started joining in. The whole campus was there, and they had to go out to the stadium If you want to know more about that, just go ahead and um, go and uh, like Perry Stone's uh, Facebook page and you can go back in his archives and he was, he was sharing so much because they even invited him to come speak. And it wasn't the adults, it was the kids. We want Perry Stone to come and speak to us. What? These young kids wanted this old man, Perry Stone, who preaches about Jesus coming again? Yeah, and that revival has been going and people have been getting healed and uh, just been awesome what's been happening down in that part, neck of the woods. God wants to do something like that here. 
If you know that he is righteous, oh, yeah, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. This is the reason why they don't receive your message when you try to witness. Because they don't know you. Because they don't know him. But as soon as they know him, they know you. And that's a whole other sermon. This is, it goes to something Jesus said about why they hate you as a Christian. It's not because they hate you, they hate him first. They hate who's in you. So don't let them bother you. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But when we be, it's going to be awesome. But we know that when he is revealed, this means when he comes again, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. The, the, when you'll be perfected and you'll be done, when God's done with you, is when you see Jesus come. So you can say, like they used to say back in the day, don't get mad at me yet. Don't get mad at me. God's not done with me yet. He's still working on me. There's a song like that that the kids used to sing. God's still working on me. Remember? I think uh, 14 years ago, Robin was still singing it in the children's church. And everyone who has this hope, this hope of salvation, this hope that Jesus is coming again, this hope of sanctification, this hope of being filled with the Holy Ghost, this hope of knowing the resurrected Savior who is going to resurrect him, us just like we are. And if we go in the rapture, folks, if we get that privilege of going in the rapture, we're going to be resurrected, we'll, re we'll be resurrected right before our eyes. We won't be like those folks coming out of the grave. Did you know we, it's not that they go first, we all go together. They just have to be pulled up out of the grave first. Read it again. And then we're all raptured together. The difference between us and the ones coming up out of the grave, they're already in their resurrected body. We get changed in a twinkling eye as we're flying through the air. Now, isn't that going to be cool? Larkin, you're going to have both eyes back. Hallelujah. And you won't need glasses. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. And I'm not sure if all the men is going to have hair or we're going to have no hair. <laughs> that I don't know. If we believe all the pictures of Jesus, we're all going to have flowing, beautiful hair. Because <laughs> we're going to be just like him, it says. And everyone who has this hope in him, what do they do? Purifies the, himself, just as he is pure. Now, now listen, we can't do it on our own. We need the help of the Holy Ghost to purify us. That's why the Holy Ghost is so great. But we have to, ha we have to, we have to do the act of purifying ourselves. That's what holiness is all about. 
where we work at living a holy life every day. That doesn't, does that mean we're always going to be successful? No. Is Curtis going to be at work one day and he's going to wrap all his knuckles because he's an auto mechanic? And it's going to hurt so bad that he might lose his sanctification for a moment? Has Jason, when he's on the job there, pulling all those belts, has he ever accidentally forgot to put his gloves on and cut himself and it hurt so bad that he almost lost his sanctification? The only reason, the only reason that he almost lost is when he looked down, he saw the blood, then he remembered, oh, the blood of Jesus. <laughs> you know, Jason's so holy. You know. <laughs> No, we all do it, don't we? We all blow it from time to time. And that's why he says purifies himself just as he is pure. But we can't do it without the Holy Spirit's help because we're just humans and, and we're dumb sometimes. Come on. Come on. I'm not insulting anybody because I'm saying all of us. Me too. Right? But he helps us to purify. That's why holiness is so important. Oh, glory to God. Did I... And don't you love the song titles that we've been having in here today on all this, this message? Have you been catching all of them? There's a whole many song titles in here. I don't know yet. <laughs> no, 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 you don't have to sing them. I'm just saying, have you been catching this? <sighs> I mean, oh, what matter that God the Father has given unto us. Oh, anyway. My note here that I have in my Bible is about purifying ourselves. So start today because he's our hope. Start today because we have hope that we can have it. Now I'm going to, quickly, I'm going to, we finally, I should say, we're going to look at our love for the lost. And, and I can't leave this message without us talking about our love for the lost. Come on. Do we love them? Do we love them enough to tell them about Jesus? Do they aggravate us? <sighs> Some of the places you work, it's not easy to tell them about Jesus, is it? But you try. Robin gets to washing dishes. Robin probably wondered, why the Lord put me here as a dishwasher in the first place? Well, I know I needed the money. Thank you, Lord, for the job because we needed the money at home. But the opportunity she has. Now you would think, what a humble job. Who would want to be a dishwasher? Look at the. You know why she's raising her hand? It's because she's found the joy of being able to do for the Lord, doing that job, and it's not a menial task to her. She finds it fun because of what she gets to do. Now, listen, she has an edumacation. That's for you guys at home. She has an education that's beyond a dishwasher. She has a degree from a college. But God, in his sovereignty, in his brilliance, put her in a place where she could love sinners. Right there, surrounded by millennials who need the Lord at a party school, who need Jesus. Listen to what 1 John chapter 1 says. You thought I was going to keep on going forward. No, I'm going to go back to chapter 1, verse 1. That which, 
And here again, the reason why I'm doing this, because I'm going to give you again, last week I gave you the secret to witnessing, right? Made it really easy. Guess what? John does it here for us too. Isn't that cool? Let's, let's look what the word says. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Um, did you not just catch it again, what we learned last week? It says the same thing. This time it's John, last time it was Paul. Do you see how simple they make it for us to witness? Oh no, but I need to know the Romans road. I need to, I need to have this whole book memorized. Of course, all our kids in Iwana will have the whole book memorized when we're done with them. But that's a whole... <laughs> yes, Nicholas, we're going to get this crammed, this whole book crammed into your head and heart. <laughs> he gave me a look like, what? <laughs> and you'll be able to do it. And your grandpa's going to be so proud of you because you'll know more of the scripture than he does. <laughs> his, grandpa's a, his grandpa's a preacher and a wonderful grandpa, a wonderful dad. And so we thank God for Curtis's daddy. We do. I'm, I'm really happy that he's in Curtis's life. Let's go on. Verse 2. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. So whatever has been manifested to you thus far in your life, you have all you need to witness. So that makes it a lot simpler. All you have to do is say what you have seen, what you have heard, and now what you have handled. Isn't that cool? The Holy Spirit takes care of the rest. But pastor, I'm brand new saved. Don't matter. Holy Spirit will take care of the rest. It's the Holy, Holy Spirit's job to open their heart. It's just your job to tell them what you've seen, what you've heard, and what you've handled. That which we, again he says, that which we have seen... I mean, he's really stressing. You know when the Lord says something three times, you really should pay attention to what he's saying? Because he's trying to make a point. Verse 3, he's saying, now we've heard it once. We've heard it twice now from John, right? Now he's going to say it a third time. That which we have seen and heard, what did we do? We declare to you. So all we've, all we've declared to you is what we've seen and what we've heard. And you guys all got saved. And we started a church. And the church has grown. And he gets picked to be the one who writes the book of Revelation because all he does is tell you what he sees and hears. And what he handles. We declare to you that you may also, that you also may have fellowship with us. And this is important. If we're thinking about our friends and family, 
Do we want them to have fellowship with us all the way through eternity? And truly our fellowship was with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you. And why do we write these things to you? Another song. That your joy may be full. How cool is that? And aren't you glad I just left the notes alone? Probably what took me longer. <laughs> this is what, oh, praise God. My darling bought me my, this, this new Bible at Christmas time. This is my Christmas gift, so I'm using my Christmas Bible. He started running, so I started with him. And then he started walking. <laughs> Anything I can do to help him. Love it. For those at home, you don't need to know. <laughs> we witness, we tell, we share, so that our joy may be full. Oh, my word. Someday you're going to have a horrible, rotten, no good day at work. Nobody's ever had one of those, right? <laughs> you know the best way to get over it? Share Jesus. Because when you start talking about him, you forget about the no good, rotten, horrible day. I mean, we know that a no good, horrible, rotten day happens because there was a whole book written for kids about it. But when you start telling people about Jesus, the one who saved your soul, how can the day stay horrible and rotten? I'll tell you what, Paul had a horrible, rotten day one day, but he wanted his joy full. He was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. People were getting saved and people got mad and righted. They grabbed a hold of Paul. They dragged him outside of town and they started throwing rocks at him. They got in a big circle and started throwing rocks at him and Paul fell down as dead because they were stoning him. Because they were throwing rocks at him, not because they were... Anyway. The crowd went away saying, Paul's dead. God touched him, healed him. Paul got up. Now, you could say Paul was having a no good, rotten, horrible day, couldn't you? But what did Paul do to change his day so that his joy may be full? He got back up, he went back in town, showed himself to everybody, preached the gospel, and the following morning he decided to leave town because, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to tempt the Lord. I'm going to leave town and go to the next town now. But I'm going to go back there and show myself to them, preach Jesus, and now I'm going. Why? Because his joy was full by doing it. What should we do? Oh, my word. Share the gospel. Turn our day in something that's wonderful. Amen? Hallelujah. Why do we do all this is my last question here. <laughs> that joy may be full.
Hallelujah. Just let your joy overflow. <laughs> the joy of discipline. For those at home, one of the nursery kids walked through. Um, <laughs> praise God. We love you folks at home. If you're ever close by, come and join us. Those who are shut in, we are glad you're here with us. And if you have any prayer requests that you want us to pray for, just go to www.wapentonnewlife.org and right, you'll find a place there to put your prayer requests and we will be praying for you. So just go to wapentonnewlife.org that's with two N's and uh, you can give us your prayer requests or let us know how things are going and uh, we, we want to hear from you. Amen? So praise God. We're glad you could be joining us. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this word today. This Valentine's week, it's going to be great. Lord, we pray for our Valentine's party we're going to have with the kids for our Wana Valentine's Day, fun day, whatever we're calling it. And Lord, that uh, we're going to have a great time with the kids. And Lord, uh, we're just going to be able to be so blessed. And so we are just praising you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for showing us in our word that, that we need to stand up for you. Take that stand in front of others. Let them know what thus says the Lord so that they can feel your love. That, Lord, we would show that love. And sometimes that's that tough love where we have to just stand our ground no matter what so that they can come to know our Savior, Jesus Christ. Because, Lord, you don't want anyone to perish, but that all would have eternal life. But, Lord, there are people today and yesterday, and there will still be tomorrow that's going to reject that love. That love of Jesus dying on the cross for them. But Lord, help us to tell others, because without us telling others, they'll never hear the words of Jesus. So Lord, help us to share the gospel here in Wapiton and Breckenridge, in Wilkin and uh, Richland County, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for touching each one here. And again, touch these needs, these heartfelt needs, Lord Jesus. And Lord, right now, I just feel I need to pray. I feel like there's somebody here who feels like there's no way they could ever tell somebody about Jesus because they don't think they're smart enough. Lord Jesus, we rebuke that thought. Everybody here, who has chosen to believe in you, Jesus, is the smartest person in the whole wide world because they made the smartest choice of their life. And Lord, you can use anyone to talk, tell about how Jesus says. So Lord, everybody here is a genius because of you being in their life. So don't believe that lie that you're not smart enough. Oh, the Lord wants to use you because you're so special. You are special to him. And there are people in this world that can only hear the message about Jesus from you because they won't receive it from anybody else.
So I thank you for this in Jesus' name, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you've been revealing how simple witnessing can be. We praise you for this. And Holy Spirit, go before us because you do all the heavy lifting for us anyway. We praise you, Jesus. Give us that boldness, I pray. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. 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 The worship team has a really cool song they're going to sing. I want you to let the Lord touch you as they sing this song. Because, listen, the message is still, it's an old hymn. But that message is so real.